Welcome to Connecting Cultures with Weirong Lee, where we make connections through inspiring conversations with cross-cultural individuals. Today, we have a very exciting guest. He was born in Austria and raised in Vienna and from Iran. He is the head of startup services at the Austrian Federal Economic Chamber and also a European digital leader at the World Economic Forum. He is dedicated to bringing in migration entrepreneurship and diversity, equity and inclusion, DEI, in Austria. Let us give a warm round of applause to Canvas Coanza Bayarga. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming. Thank you as well, Veron. Thank you for the invitation and a great introduction. You know, I like the energy and the confidence part. Thank you. So, before we start, I asked you to bring your favorite childhood snack. And you chose a green apple. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, it looks nice. A second, it tastes good, but it reminds me of my, my childhood. You know, when I was still a child, you know, around eight, nine, ten years old and so on. So my mother always prepared some green apples for me. And, you know, in times of like where you're an adult, you work a lot, and you're always like uh, on the go running and it's a bit more stressed, you know. Mm. Sometimes if you have something that reminds you of a childhood, it calms you down. It reminds <sighs> you of like of the past. That's why the apple is my favorite like fruit. Not only the only one, but my favorite one, yeah. So it's really grounding to, to go back and kind of also understand where we started and where we are now and kind of ruining ourselves. I love that. Totally right, totally right. And you know, it, it comes you down because you remember the past good moments, you for family, with your mother. Uh, parents are a very important part of my, my you know, my, my life for sure, the whole family. And that's why I think it's always good to remember where you come from. Right. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, since we have it here, this will just be a snack with us during the discussion to make things fun and that we also have some food with us. Looking forward to this, yeah. Let's make the first bite. <laughs> I'll yeah. try to bite <laughs> now. Mm. Mm. My lipstick. Tastes very, tastes very good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I explained a bit about your cultural background mm -hmm. in the introduction. But what would you say when somebody says, Hey, Canvas, where are you from? Mm -hmm. What's your answer? That's a good question. Um, in the past, I was not sure. But if someone asked me now, I would say 60% Austrian, 40% Iranian. Even though I'm fully Austrian, so I have an Austrian citizenship, but I was an Iranian one. So my, both my parents come from Iran 40 years ago. Still, you know, the one thing is, uh, are your genes? The second is how you are raised up and mm. the culture behind it. So that's the, that's the um, ratio, I would say, usually. But I feel like fully Austrian, also full I also feel fully Iranian mm. um, and I think it's not so, you know, important to just from a, from a mindset perspective to associate yourself with just one culture, you know, because if you are raised up, let's say in a city like Vienna, where you have hundreds of different cultures, thousands of different nationalities, uh, boy, not thousands, but like uh, a, a mix of a lot of nationalities, uh, then it's not just to, that you feel like just, okay, I'm part of this country mm. or this generation or this like culture. Um, I'm also feel Viennese. For mm -hmm. instance, if someone asks me, um, um, do I feel as an Austrian or Viennese? I say, yeah, I feel like an Austrian, but also like a Viennese. So wherever you're raised up, where you live, uh, you also get some traits with you, uh, the way you're raised up, and that's how I feel. Yeah. Mm. When did you recognize that? When did you know your answer would be what you said now? Mm -hmm. How long did it take for you to recognize that? 
You know, uh, there was a moment which I always remember, you know, back when I was still at preschool, you know. Um, I had a very good teacher uh, and a very nice, like, uh, class colleagues, but I remember and there was one, like, conversation between them two um, where they were talking about me and they were talking about, like, my German, the quality of German, and that you can hear out of it that I'm not, like, mm. um, somehow, like, uh, fully Austrian. Mm. And this something, this, you know, it, it, it stayed with me. It stayed with mm. me, and this was one of the moments where I said, okay, I will practice on it. I will become, like, uh, so good that mm. um, one day I will be even better, like, to, to uh, speak better German than most other Austrians. Mm. Um, so I worked on it. Um, and during this time, still, you know, there was... You're young, you're forming yourself as a person, as, as a character. You have different like um, influences by your family, by your friends, uh, by your colleagues and so on. So um, I think at one point you need to fully accept where you come from, uh, what you want to be and be open to everything. Mm. Uh, and it took me years. It took me a lot of years, you know, to recognize this, to accept it. Um, and I would say uh, only like when I started with my first company. Mm. Okay. Uh, which was what you do uh, mm. with a lot of like other uh, migrated founders as well. This was the time where I could fully, really uh, make up my character, which means that I know where I come from, that I accept it, and then I make use of it. Mm. It's interesting how you mentioned that you kind of took power when when people mentioned, "Hey, you don't sound like a local Austrian," mm -hmm. and you decided that I'm going to improve, mm -hmm. I'm going to do better with my language, mm -hmm. because I, I remember speaking about you having having you on like, as a guest and then someone like yeah oh he's great i mean he's an Aust he, he's austrian though no mm -hmm. and so it's like now people people now think perhaps that you are not you know half half but that you're austrian yeah that's, so that's... it's it's a it's kind of the determination and also the environment that also makes us improve ourselves so yeah i think it's you know um i think it would be wrong to say if you get some kind of uh, opinion which you don't like, you say, ah, uh, I give it up. I think mm. you need to work on it. That's about having ambitions, ambitions in like in your career, in your life, in your private life, and so on. And uh, the funny thing, let me tell you, wherever I go, either it's Spain, it's Brazil, it's um, whatever country I visit, they believe some, most often that I'm a local, mm -hmm. that I'm a local, or like the local part of the local population, which I'm not, and they're sort of like talking with the local uh, language. And mm. I think uh, that also like. Um, shows how I am. For me, you know, I can adjust myself, I can adapt myself, but I know still where I come from. Mm. And I think if you know and you can accept it, that's actually um, how you can go on in your life, yeah. Right. I'll be asking five questions mm. and you have to reply in five seconds. They're very simple questions, but we're excited to hear your answer. The first question, what four languages do you speak? So, Farsi for sure, um, English and a bit French. What's the best song that depicts the Iranian culture? Ooh, very difficult, uh, but uh, there will be Gugush coming this year, so which is the most fam famous female singer in Iran, I would say well, one, of, one of her songs. What's your next bucket list travel location? Bucket list? So, uh, in July, at the end of July, we'll go to Mykonos uh, with my wife and some friends. Um, so, it wasn't my bucket list, but I would just mention it. Got it. A cultural custom that everybody should experience. Cultural custom? Yeah. Related to Iran or Austria? Anything. Um, food? Food. Is good. Uh, yeah, good. So yeah. local food. Try yeah. food. Local <laughs> yeah. food. Always food is, try food. Food is always, always the answer. Yeah. Yeah. What's your go-to Viennese word? Go-to Viennese word? Yeah. Um, um, okay. Let's say, I would say geil. Geil. 
Geil. You know geil? Ja, ich noch geil. Let's go into business and entrepreneurship, because that's something that you are currently focused on and your expertise is there. You mentioned that your family background and particularly your grandfather played a huge role in your interest in business and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Can you go into that, but as well as kind of connect what is the, what is the overlap and what is the connection between migration and entrepreneurship? Mm -hmm. Do people who are foreigners have more success or qualities for success in mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And perhaps you can bring in a bit more stories of your successful mm -hmm. entrepreneurship endeavors here. Mm -hmm. Sure. I think if you um, have migrated somewhere, for instance, or you don't have like migration background or at least second generation, I think people, for people it's difficult to understand uh, what kind of challenges are associated with it, okay? Because they haven't experienced themselves. Um, just something I wanted to put an emphasis on uh, because uh, I have these discussions and people believe, uh, yeah, everyone has the same chance and it's like equal to some extent. Huh? To some extent and depending on where you're working, uh, which kind of industry, which kind of company you're working and also like um, um, your, let's say, your um, economical background. You know what I mean? So these are all like all factors that are very important uh, how you can improve yourself. Uh, regarding my grandparent or my grandfather, let's say I had like two grandfathers, both were like ambitious, they were uh, successful entrepreneurs at one point at least, which um, also formed, you know, how I became who I am now. So particularly uh, the grandfather um, of my, my father's side, you know, and he built everything from scratch. So my parents come from the northern of Iran, below the Caspian Sea, and um, was like uh, in the in the 19th, yeah, in the 20th century, the beginning of 20th century, they, they had, didn't have so much, you know, in terms of like wealth and money, whatever. So what they did is like setting up factories uh, that produce uh, tea. So actually mm. a tea family. Uh, based on this, on the wealth he made, he started like to become more an entrepreneur, uh, buying like land, setting up their different factories, uh, working on rice, on uh, kiwi on oranges whatever mm. and he built everything from scratch you have to imagine that during his time when he was young there was some time uh, an era a time of like rebuilding you mm. know rebuilding like uh, uh, nations countries and so on and he saw the opportunity and there's one term called you know a necessity driven entrepreneurship so you have mm. the innovation driven entrepreneurship and the necessity driven entrepreneurship necessity what you can see in a lot of different countries that are let's say less developed Mm. Out of necessity, you have to become an entrepreneur to somehow um, right. create some wealth. Um, so this also add, uh, add a thing to, the, to, the, to his progress. Uh, and I'm sure also his parents somehow at least uh, formed him as well, like the, my parents did mm. on, on, on my behalf. Mm. Um, yeah, now to the second question regarding migration entrepreneurship. You always have to think about it. So if you come from, a, let's say, a third country and you migrate somewhere, you know, let's say to Austria, a European Union country, the whole process is not like this. It's difficult, it's challenging. So going through this process already, if you really achieve to do something like this, you have a good basis to become an entrepreneur because as an entrepreneur, you face a lot of challenges and you need to stay focused and stay ambitious and you know, uh, keep on going, being persistent. Um, and someone who has migrated knows what it means to stay persistent. Uh, and that's why I think they make a good basis for good entrepreneurs. So we run mm. a study um, this year 
last year and this year, Austrian Startup Monitor, Mm. where we actually analyze the number of, let's say, migrated entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs with migration background, at least mm -hmm. second generation, in Austria, mm. in the startup and tech ecosystem. And uh, one quarter, so 25% of all the startup founders in Austria have some kind of migration background. Mm. And particularly, um, female entrepreneurs coming from third uh, countries, so mm. outside of the European economic region, yeah. and they have a higher amount of being an entrepreneur. You know, so there are a lot of like, uh, um, let's say, PhD researchers coming to Austria mm -hmm. with high technological focus mm. and they have a higher amount of like uh, female entrepreneurship. Mm. Uh, so, yes, it's a good basis. I think this is something we need. We need mm. more out of it to bring other talents with them, mm. other communities. And this is actually how um, nations are built. You're going to be basically given five minutes mm -hmm. to do anything that you want, but mainly for you to share a talent with talent. us. It can be anything from whistling to singing, anything. But we want to show the diversity. Okay, it will be a bit, to be honest, I think this, if my families and friends see the video, it will be really... Um, I have to get embarrassed, but I will, I will still do it, okay? Um, I will make an, an, a Persian-Iranian dance. If that is okay, yes, so yes, it's talent, it's yes, talent, yeah? Yes, okay. yes. But it will be very short, okay? I just want to show, I want to show the, the movements. So, please. if you are well, at one I, point, are you teach us? At, um, let's say at a party, an Iranian party, right. the thing is, you have to understand, they won't let you out of this party without a dance. Right. Okay, so that's why I show you now the dance movement because it will be good if you, for instance, want to get in touch with like females or males there. So, okay. Got it. So, in Iranian, the thing is, uh, you don't like dance like this. Okay, you have also fast music, but usually you have, it's very melodic. It's right. a lot of singing and it's about, you know, having a good time. Right. So, the thing is, you always move your hands, you know, ah. exactly. You know, similar to Arabic or Turkish, you always move your hands. Fantastic. That's it. Actually, you can do like this and just, you know, step move. to the left, step to the right, oh. some hips, you know, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. You have oh. natural talent, natural no, talent. Perfect. You can also like do like this, you know, like, yeah, oh, exactly. Wow. And like this and like this okay and one movement my father showed me was like this kind of dance okay Shimmy but shake. i don't but i don't do it anymore okay that's wow that's for talent thank yeah, you thank you thank, you thank you thank you is there a particular advice that you would want to give to people with such migration backgrounds mm -hmm. but first of all aren't taking the move to build up their company mm -hmm. but they're just trying to find a way of how can i integrate how can i find myself my identity mm -hmm. with having to grow up mm -hmm. in such a kind of cross-cultural experience and mm -hmm. journey mm -hmm. what is your advice to mm -hmm. people who are just trying to find their way at yeah. this moment what i think is very important even if you're introvert and you are shy i think it's very important to try to get somehow like the access you're looking for and that's where you need to be proactive so think think about let's say the startup ecosystem in austria in vienna we have a lot of events a lot of community-oriented events where people connect with each other. So uh, the information is available. It's online. You can check it. The different organizations supporting you. Go there. Get in touch. You know, maybe the first two, three events you are still more passive, but at one point you need to get in touch, even if it's difficult. Mm. I remember myself back. You know, uh, I hated you know making phone calls. I didn't like to present at school. I was very shy. But this is something you can work on and train on, even if you're like uh, the opposite. Uh, I think that's very important. Mm. So one thing is use the events 
programs, initiatives we have here in Austria, try to get in, in touch with it. And then this is like a cycle. I always mm. call it like a cycle because you get to know this person, this again uh, connects with the other person and so on and so on and so on. This is how you can benefit yourself. Mm. And um, otherwise, apart from that, you can come to me, to the to Austrian Federation of Chambers. We'll be happy to support you as well to get in touch with the local, let's say, stakeholders. Mm. So you would, if you were to say what quality of yourself kind mm. of made you be able to build these successful startups and companies mm. so mm. far, mm. would you say it's ambition? Or what kind of, what mm. quality would you say? It's a mix of different mm. factors. For sure, it's ambitions, it's uh, learning how to be patient. Because mm. as an entrepreneur, you have to stick, you know, with being patient. Sometimes it takes five years, ten years, until something really successful comes out of your like entrepreneurial activity. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a lot of founders, um, particularly those who start with that kind of activity, uh, they're not aware of it. You know, that it's not about one year, two year, three years, it's about five year, 10 year, 15 mm. years. This is something uh, you either have or you need to develop. You need to train yourself. And for sure, you need good people surrounding you. Mm. Good employees, good team members, good uh, partners, mm -hmm. investors, and even like your private surroundings, you know, pushing yourself. So I always think it's good to stick yourself with people who have the feeling to push you, you know, mm -hmm. to push you positively, to stay focused, to stay ambitious, and um, who keep you being motivated as well. Mm -hmm. Not that they say everything what you do is good. You can be critical, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But people who don't drag you down, I think that's very important. And Community. Community in every aspect. Mm -hmm. And sometimes this takes time until you can find this kind of people. So thank you everyone who came and, and listened and watched our conversation. It wouldn't be anything without all of you who are here supporting us. If you have any questions or comments to this, this episode or would like to ask Compass anything, feel free to put it in the comments down below. And of course, for updates regarding upcoming episodes, please follow us on our social media page, Rock Culture. Thank you so much. And this is Connecting Cultures with Weirong Lee.